Hey, hey, thanks for listening to Moments with Daru podcast. And I'm your host, Modhani. This is season four, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen. This season will have different conversations with remarkable guests who share their life journey, moments of overcoming dire circumstances, and lessons we can learn from them. I will also have solo episodes where I will share my thoughts on day-to-day situations, life events, or aha moments. I do all of this so that you may be inspired, encouraged, and uplifted. With that said, let's dive in. Today's guest is a former Marine and U.S. Naval Academy graduate who served as an air traffic controller while on deployment to Afghanistan in 2012. He has played more than 100,000 hands of poker, worked alongside hurt surgeons in the operating room, and has started three businesses since 2018. He now serves as CEO of Easy Day Fit, where he helps busy professionals get and maintain their dream body without starving themselves. Welcome onto the show, Philip. Thank you so much, Mutoni. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Awesome. So before we dive into the word that you selected for this conversation, um, tell me a little bit more about how you've played more than 100,000 hands of poker. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, the poker boom really hit the United States in 2003, and I was in high school and you know i just remember being introduced to it by my sister and some of her friends started playing and i just fell in love with the game Um, for those who aren't familiar it's kind of like chess but on steroids (laughs) Um, so there's definitely an element of luck in it but overall it's a skill game so you know started playing in high school continued to play in college when i could on the side And then after college, I got moved out to California uh, for the Marine Corps, and there are casinos out here in California. So I was able to play after work, you know, whenever I could squeeze it in and on the weekends. And I just, I love the game so much, the psychology, the strategy, the ups and the downs, you know, I've had lots of swings in my life, but yeah, all, all, after all is said and done, easily over a hundred thousand hands of poker. So it's been, it's been a crazy journey. I don't play much anymore. But uh, it was a fun portion of my life. I've not played a game of poker, but I do understand <laughs> that it needs a lot of um, strategy and, you know, trying to see how you can outplay your opponent. Definitely. Definitely. So what made you stop playing poker? You know, I think I played so much and I loved it. It was just that it just felt like it was time to move on. Um, it was one of those things where you know, it was taking up a lot of my time. I still love it. You know, I still think about it from time to time, but I knew I wanted to do other things in my life. And I just knew that if I didn't kind of force myself to just say, okay, you know, it's, it's time to stop giving this so much time and energy that I wouldn't be able to accomplish some of the other things that I wanted to, to move on and undertake. And that's interesting how, we've got to tell ourselves stop, or we've got to tell ourselves that we've got to try something new. So how did you transition into the Marine? Yeah, so I actually was kind of on that path um, since high school. So the way it works um, here in the States, there's a few military academies, the most famous one being West Point. 
And then the second biggest one is uh, the Naval Academy in Annapolis. And so I, I've kind of figured out early on in high school that I wanted to go there, went through the application process at the end of high school, and then got in. So it's a four-year school, um, just like most colleges, but it, is, it does come with military service as an obligation afterwards. So because the Marine Corps doesn't have its own military school, like the Air Force Academy, people go into the Air Force, the Military Academy, people go into the Army. The Marine Corps doesn't have its own school. So the Naval Academy, actually, about 75% of the graduates go into the Navy and 25% go into the Marine Corps. And you you get a preference. You get to say which one you would prefer. I Towards the end of the Naval Academy, I decided I wanted to give, give the Marine Corps a shot and go into that route. So right after graduation in 2009, went into the Marine Corps and served four and a half years in the Marine Corps. Wow. What's the one thing that you learned about um, being deployed and being in Afghanistan, what's the one thing that stands out for you right now? Yeah, I think that that time, you know, I want to be clear, I, I definitely wasn't on the ground interacting with the locals, you know, kicking in doors, nothing too dangerous. I was more of like an air traffic controller. So I was in a big command center, kind of like something you would see in a Hollywood movie with a bunch of screens and, you know, radars up. But I think the one thing it taught me is, you know, I really had to perform under pressure in that environment. And going to the Naval Academy, there was there was certainly some pressure. You know, you have certain physical requirements and things that you need to do. You have to pass certain tests. But this was the first time in my life where, you know, the pressure, the stakes were really high. Um, you know, if, if I don't route aircraft correctly, if I make a mistake, then people really can die and it's on me. And so I think it just kind of taught me to just really be focused and give something my all. I think a lot of us, you know, we put effort into things, of course, but sometimes when the stakes are super high, we're just able to be a little bit more present and really decide, okay, I, I need to perform at a really high standard. So it was good to kind of push me to my limits there. I like the word that you used that it made you focus. And with that focus, how did you get into the entrepreneurship um, journey where you've mentioned that you have started three businesses since 2018? Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. Um, I, I will definitely say I'm not a natural born entrepreneur, um, but for the past 10, you know, 12 years, I kind of had that seed a little bit and I, I slowly started to water that seed. I knew I wanted to do something on my own just because I don't, <laughs> I don't really like the corporate environment where someone's telling me what to do all day and how to do it. Um, so I was working at Johnson and Johnson at the time, obviously a, a very large company with, with a bunch of rules, but it eventually just got to the point where I decided, you know, this is, this is all right. And it's a decent living, but this isn't really what I want to do. And so you know, it's, it's kind of a long story about, you know, I was reading some books, listening to some podcasts, but I kind of stumbled upon e-commerce and, you know, specifically leveraging the massive company that is Amazon to sell physical products online. And I don't know, I, I think I just hit the point one day where I said, you know, it's time to, it's time to just make the leap. I don't have all the answers. I don't exactly know where this is going to lead, but I know that the path I'm on right now isn't truly the one that I want to be on. And, you know, it's never going to be the right time. So I just kind of had to uh, make the leap. And then I started in, in e-commerce. And then since then, 
I'm kind of phasing out of that now. I liked it. You know, it taught me a lot of important things, but my real passion is fitness and nutrition. So that's, that's what I'm tackling now. And then I do one other thing on the side, just started that I'll, I'll be building up that, but it's, it's not as much of a priority right now. You, you sound like someone who is not afraid to take risks and who is willing to try something new um, once the opportunity presents itself. So how did you settle in this new role of being CEO and choosing that, you know, fitness is the space that you want to play in? Yeah, I, it's, it's one of those things where I, I started to kind of reflect on my own life a lot. And I realized all the benefits that fitness and, you know, eating somewhat healthy. I'm not perfect. I still like ice cream from time to time, but all the benefits that fitness and, and eating somewhat healthy had on my life. And I started to look around, especially I'm turning 34 in a few days. So getting a little bit older, you know, got some friends who are getting a little bit older. We're not, we're not young spring chickens anymore. <laughs> and, you know, you, you, you start to see people, okay, maybe they're gaining a little weight and you can just tell that I, I've never been severely overweight or anything like that, but I've had times where maybe I put on a few extra pounds or maybe I was on vacation for a week and I didn't really eat, eat well. And I think we can all relate to, you just don't really feel great about yourself. And I kind of saw some of that, some of that hurt and some of that pain in other people. And I was like, man, I, like I could help these people. <laughs> like I, I kind of just took it for granted that this was something I was pretty good at. And I was like, man, I, I wish that people understood that it's not just a surface level thing. Like it's not just a superficial, oh, I want, you know, rock hard abs. So when I'm at the beach, I'm impressing women or something like that. It's like this, it goes a lot deeper than that. And it has a lot of positive um, ripple effects on other areas of your life. And I just, I wanted to bring that to people. So could you take me through someone approaches you or um, maybe uses the app that you have developed. Um, what steps do they go through to start this journey of maintaining their dream body without starving themselves? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, people reach out to me, um, usually on, on Instagram or, or Facebook. And really the process is we, we hop on the phone, we talk a little bit just to kind of go over what your goals might be, you know, what have you tried in the past? What hasn't worked? Where do you want to be? Where do you see yourself a year from now, two years from now, five years from now? And really, how do you want to feel? Um, and then we go about developing a plan. Um, I customize plans for each indiv individual client, just so that we make sure, you know, you're getting the result that you want. I, I feel like a lot of people out there, you know, maybe they're bodybuilders and they're like, I could help someone with this but they're, they're kind of just imposing their own desires on, on their clients. And so I, I really focus on what do you want? And the process is, you know, after you get signed up, then I'm very big on, on starting slow and developing habits. So it's nothing crazy out of the gate. You're not going to be doing, <laughs> you know, six workouts a week and, and running 20 kilometers and starving yourself. <laughs> um, but it's just setting up a, a fitness plan and nutrition plan that you think you can grow into. And most importantly, that's sustainable, that you can see yourself doing this three years down the line. A lot of diets and stuff out there, you know, whether it's keto or, or paleo, something like this, most people don't want to give up, you know, pizza or ice cream for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. and, and it feels so restrictive. And I think when you get into the psychology, that's where people kind of start to fail because it, it's not that it's oh, it's so hard to eat this chicken and broccoli. It's that 
man, I'm really going to have to give up what I love for the rest of my life. I think that's where people, people get kind of tripped up and I try to avoid that at all costs. Awesome. Yeah. We, we get stuck and start wondering, I'm not going to have ice cream for the rest of my life. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Are you, are you a big fan of ice cream? Yes, I am. (laughs) Good. Good. So someone comes to you and they go through the process that you've just taken me through and they're not able to maintain, you know, the fitness plan and they backtrack. How do you encourage them to continue on this journey of transformation and maintaining their bodies healthily? Absolutely. It's, it's a great question. And it's something I think, you know, a lot of maybe fitness coaches or people that look people that are looked up to in the industry probably don't talk about this enough. And it's just kind of the being vulnerable and saying that we all slide back sometimes and, and we all make mistakes and we all, you know, have that week long vacation where maybe we ate too much and we're a little bit ashamed of it. The big thing is recognizing that everyone goes through that and to not get focused on such a short term view to say, oh, I, you know, I, I put on two pounds or, you know, one, one kilogram in the last week. I, I'm a failure. It's like, no, no, think where you could be a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, if you just, get back on track and do what's manageable. It's always just about what's manageable. Let, let's not cut calories down so low that you feel like you're starving yourself. But you know, I really think to answer your question, it's just about compassion and empathy. And then employing a few little psychological tricks um, that can help build momentum. And then once you have that momentum, it's easier to keep it going. Could you tell us a little bit um, about these psychological tricks? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's lots of ways you can um, trick the brain that are very effective. Um, so one that I use a lot is is okay. Say I'm not feeling great. I know that I'm supposed to work out today. I'm supposed to go to the gym, but I'm not feeling great. You can tell yourself, okay, put on your shoes and go to the gym. You only have to do five minutes. Phil, you only have to do five minutes. If you're hating it after five minutes, you can leave. Nine times out of 10, when I go and tell myself I'm only going to do five minutes, after five minutes, I'm a lot better. I'm like, okay, well, I'm already here. You know, I might as well do, I might as well do a little bit more. And then I've done 10 more minutes. And then once you've done 10 more minutes, it's like, well, now I've already done like half my workout. I might as well just complete my workout. I'm already here. It's only going to take me 20 more minutes. So that's a great one to use. Um, Another one is just really trying to just close your eyes, take a few deep breaths and think for 20 seconds, how am I going to feel if I don't go, (laughs) if I don't go to the gym or if I really cheat on my diet, not like a little bit, but I really go crazy. How am I going to feel afterwards? And then how am I going to feel if I kind of just suck it up and push through the pain and get this done and really allow yourself to feel that, like to get emotional about it. And most of the time that'll help push you and be like, you know what? Every time I go to the gym, I feel better afterwards. And every time I skip it, there's always that like kind of feeling of guilt. And I just don't want that today. I like those tricks. I think I will <laughs> borrow them for myself because honestly, there are moments where I'm, I'm like, why do I need to continue with this workout? So I'm going to speak to myself and say, you know what? I can just start with five minutes and build up from there. So you chose the word certainty. Why, why that word? And um, could you take us a little bit deeper? 
Yes. Yes. I think that's an important word. And it's, it's really been very significant to me recently, especially starting a couple of businesses just in this past year. I think a lot of people, you know, myself included, I'm guilty of this. We kind of wish for things. We kind of hope. And, you know, I'm a big believer that hope is not a strategy. Um, so whatever it is, I think you're trying to do in life. And especially for me, you know, starting these, these new businesses, or it could be any, something in a relationship, it could be whatever in any area, but someone said to me, you know, are you creating certainty that this is going to work? Or are you just kind of wishing that it will work? And I think when you look at a lot of extreme top performers in the world, whether that's Olympians or business people, whoever it is you look up to a lot of those people were certain that they were going to succeed. There was no doubt, you know, if if you look at someone, so Conor McGregor is a, is a big fighter, Mm -hmm. but 10 years ago, he wasn't that big, but in some of his interviews from then he said, I'm already the champion in my head. I'm already the champion. Now I'm just waiting for time to pass time will catch up and I will be the champion. But in my head, I already am the champion. He wasn't wishing for it, you know, like, well, hopefully I can do it. And it, it sounds a little bit, you know, woo woo or your know, pie in the sky to do affirmations or things like that. But it does work. It does start to train your subconscious to say, you know, I will succeed in this or I'm going to succeed no matter what. And it, it trains your brain to say, I just need to find a way no matter what setbacks I face. I need to find a way. So I think it's, it's very helpful. Yeah, when you gave the word, I was like certainty, but life is so uncertain and unknown. <laughs> so it's a good perspective that, that you've just shared. But as you've mentioned, there are some people who will be like, hmm, affirmations, really, they don't really work. So what steps can you share in maintaining that focus of I'm achieving this and I'm certain that it will come to pass, irregardless of how long it takes? Yes, great question. And I, I empathize with all those people because I used to be there and, and I'm still not perfect. Sometimes I, I slip into this. I slip into this mentality from time to time and I try to snap myself out of it really quick. I think to kind of build on what I was saying earlier with the five minutes in the gym, a lot of times you just need to gain a little bit of momentum. So instead of you know, thinking of something as this monstrous task, break something down into, you know, if you're trying to build a business, hey, I need to send three emails today. And then congratulate yourself, celebrate sending those three emails. And it sounds kind of silly. Like, I mean, how hard is it to send three emails? But when you start getting that momentum and you start to train your brain to take pleasure in, take pleasure in the action, not necessarily the results. Now we all want the results, but if you're taking pleasure and really building your self-esteem off of taking the action, no matter what, no matter you know, the obstacles or how down you are that day, then you're going to start to feel like, okay, I'm, I'm making progress. I'm, I'm making progress. And if I keep at this, I mean, if you keep at something consistently and are really putting in effort for 10 years, you're, you're going to succeed. (laughs) I mean, if not, I, I don't know (laughs) if you're trying singing or something and you've been doing it for 10 years, then yeah, I guess maybe singing isn't something for you, but, uh, for the most part, if you're doing something for 10 years and really putting max effort in, you, you will succeed. True. True. That you, you will succeed because it's all about putting in the hours and one step leads to something else and you keep on growing 
And you mentioned the word consistent. It's about being consistent and being committed to that journey, knowing that you will achieve that dream. So your younger self is seated across you. What would you tell him? Ooh, great question. Um, I would tell him, don't worry so much. Don't worry so much. Don't think about it. It's great to have these massive ambitions and huge plans, but don't worry so much about how you're going to achieve every little detail of that. Just, okay, what's the next step? Focus on the next step and then take joy in the process. Um, it's easy to it's easy to chase something that might not come for 10 years. You know, if you're trying to build a, a $20 million a year business or something like that, that might not come for 10 years, but that doesn't mean you should be miserable for 10 years in that process until you achieve it. And then, okay, great. I'm happy. Like if I would look back, you know, 10 years ago to my, you know, 23 year old self, I would just say, take, take joy in the process. You know, each day is a gift. You never know when it's going to end. And it's, it's such a blessing to just have the opportunity to pursue some of these things. If you look at human history, a lot of people didn't have the opportunity to pursue a lot of the stuff that we have today. I mean, the internet is a complete game changer and a lot of people just take it for granted. And I, and I just try to remind myself of that every day, I guess, how grateful I should be. And I, and I could do a better job of that, but I'm, I'm currently working on that right now. Yeah, take joy in the process. And for all of us, I think this pandemic really threw a curveball and we're not really finding joy in the process. What's one thing you're learning about yourself during this pandemic? Hmm. Yeah, the, definitely lots of lessons from the last year and a half. Um, yeah, I think just to build upon my previous answer, I think I am just taking a lot more joy in the small everyday things. I mean, I started dating my girlfriend almost two years ago. So it was only a couple months into the pandemic. Um, or it was only a couple months into us dating that uh, the pandemic hit. And it was just a lot tougher because you just take you just take something for granted, like, oh, we can't go to the restaurant, like we can't go out to dinner on Friday night. And so yeah, to answer your question, I think it's just Phil, you've been, you've been taking a lot of things for granted and you kind of didn't see the blessings in your life. And so now it's just, just looking around you and being happy for what you have, even if it's a little, and I don't think it is a little, but even if it's a terrible day, what do I have in my life that I could be grateful for? Yes. That's a great perspective to hold on to just taking pleasure in the little things. And as you've said, the little things could be great things. And to not even um, take it for granted or even compare your life to somebody else, just appreciating what you have. So I want to switch gears in our conversation and just ask you some questions. Don't overthink them. <laughs> okay, of, I'm ready. You're ready? <laughs> One of them is if you had a million, not a million, but $10 million today, what would you do with that money? Ooh. Um, hashtag Bitcoin. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm uh, joking a little bit. I, I'm a Bitcoin believer, but I wouldn't put $10 million in Bitcoin. That's a little crazy. Um, I think nothing, nothing too crazy. I think kind of just investing it in a few safe things because really money to me is just about the freedom. You know, when, when I had a corporate job, I had to be at a certain place at a certain time. 
And I had to be on conference calls that I, to be honest, didn't really like. And so I think the $10 million would, would really just put me in a place of, and I, and I suppose I'm already doing this, but it would just add a little bit more of a safety net of, you know, I'm, I want to work on things that I really want to work on and help people in the way that I think I can best use my gifts. And that's really how I want to spend my time. Uh, besides that, maybe I would use uh, some money to go on uh, some really good ski trips. <laughs> maybe that's it. What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is American Beauty. Really? Um, yes. Yeah, I love that movie. Such a good movie. So would you say because of um, the lead actress or the storyline or what, what makes it stand out for you? Yeah, I think a lot of things coming together. A actors are amazing. Um, the writing's amazing. I just think, yeah, I think it's a really great story. I think there are some, I think it's, it's beautiful art. And I think in today's day and age, a lot of movies, eh, they, they aren't that great um, of artworks. I, I like a good superhero movie from time to time, but I don't know if I would call it amazing art. And uh, I feel like American Beauty just just had a, a strong message and it was it was quite an emotional movie. It was. It was. And yeah, as you've mentioned, the, the movies that are being made are not not many of them are art pieces, as you've just mentioned. But nonetheless, um, <laughs> yeah. when do you feel the most in control? I think I feel the most in control when I am. When I'm on a run, <laughs> I've, I've been running pretty much since I was 14. Um, and it's just, it's a, it's a meditative thing. I don't listen to music or any podcasts while I run. I kind of just, just focus on the next step, kind of clearing my head. And yeah, I always feel like it's a good opportunity to push myself. I almost never go for like a relaxed jog. Maybe I should, but I always find myself kind of competing with myself and, and trying to push it. But okay. I definitely feel in control then. Nice. If you, if you could have any superpower, which one would you choose? Oh, I think I'd have to go with the cliche answer of flight. I, man, I, I wish so much. I think in a hundred years or 200 years, I think humans will, you know, basically be able to fly. I mean, obviously not just with, because of our own abilities, but I think the technology will be there where we can basically fly. I know there are some like jet suits now and stuff where yeah. people do it. I think they're a little bit clunky probably, but man, I just think that would be, that would be magical. Just up in the air, maybe flying around, you know, one of the big waterfalls in the world. What, what's the one there in Africa? Is it Victoria Falls? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Just kind of flying around there. That, that would just be. Yeah, a crazy perspective that I think that would be amazing. Nice. And how do you want to be remembered? I think I want to be remembered as someone who, I mean, I guess there are a lot of things. Where do I start? But lived life to the fullest, who didn't let kind of the perceived limitations of the world hold him back, um, who really went for it in life. And then who tried to really tried his best. And this is something that I'm working on, but to bring up everyone else around him. I think that at times in the past, I mean, even now I can be a little bit selfish and self-centered. And so I'm really working on how can I use my gifts and 
you know, let, let's face it, we all have gifts. So hopefully I'm not arrogant when I say that, but how can I use my gifts to, to just bring joy to at least the people close to me in my life, hopefully strangers too, but at least the people close to me. Yes, we all have gifts and I agree with you. How can we use them to uplift those around us? And as you've said, if we could uplift a stranger, so be it. In closing, is there anything that you want to share that will encourage someone, um, help them take that leap to start the business? If it's not working, start another or transition into a different career? Mm, I guess I would say two things. <laughs> the first one is probably the best advice I could give, which is try to get quality sleep. <laughs> yeah. Try to get quality sleep. It makes life so much better. Um, the second one would be, you know, I know it's tough, but I think a lot of things that hold us back are we really care what other people think. You know, we, we really kind of validate ourselves with other people's approval. But if you can try to find ways to strip yourself of that, then it becomes a lot easier to do the thing, to pursue the endeavor that you, that you really want to pursue. I think a lot of what's holding us back is just well, it's kind of embarrassing or what if I don't make the money and I, and I have to live in not such a great house or apartment. If you can strip that away, I think uh, you, can, you can start to really get closer to realizing your full potential. I couldn't agree more. It's so true. Just strip ourselves from the opinions of others and would be amazed at what we can achieve if we don't hold on to other people's opinions. So I just want to appreciate you, Philip, for taking the time to come onto the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Matoni. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. So dear listeners, I hope you will hold on to some words that were shared in this conversation. For me, it's hold on to the joy and be joyful throughout the process. There are little things that you can be grateful for, irregardless of what's happening around you. So until next time, take care of yourselves. Mm -hmm.